Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Merry, the Get More Guy. Now, today I have the the master of of Amplify, the podcast guru himself, Mr. Ronsley Vaz, on the line. Welcome, Ronsley. It's um, it's weird that uh, when someone calls me podcast guru, I haven't been around for that long. But thanks for having me on the show, Warwick. It's Absolute cool. pleasure. Now, the titles that other people give you, you just sort of have to accept, don't you? <laughs> It's still, it's still. Uh, I'm still getting used to it. I'm not sure about guru. I, uh, I, uh, I just think that um, I, I love the podcasting medium. I have to say that. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, look, the question that I ask everyone who I have on the show is, uh, how do you define success? So that's the first question for you, Ronsley. How do you define success? Uh, when you when you first told me you're going to ask me that question, it was really interesting because my brain went in all these different directions. I. Um, I, I believe that there is no success or failure. I believe that those are just ego-driven um, lines that we create in our head, um, the, the mental narration of what it means to be successful or what it means to have failed. I think it's just learning. So it's, it's, it's irrelevant whether you see it as a success or you see it as a failure. The more important question to ask yourself in those situations is, what what have I learned? And um, and what is success for me could be failure for someone else, and what is failure for someone else could be success for me. And I think that uh, just realizing and understanding there are different perspectives of success is probably my definition of success, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does indeed. So, okay, so you're a poor, you're a person who who doesn't uh, succeed or fail. You just have experiences. So in your time, you've actually done quite a lot of experiences. Like you're well educated with uh, a couple of masters. You've run. Um, you've been a DJ, software engineer, restaurateur, chef. So tell me a bit about that journey. Like, wh- why have you done so many different things along the way? That's a good question. I think I have uh, shiny ball syndrome. I, I don't think that's what it's called. I, I just <laughs> I, I, I've made that up as well. Um, I. I don't know. I just, you know, I go after shiny things. I think I, I feel like I get to a certain point that I that I feel like I have nothing more to give the industry, and I I swap industries. I maybe that's it. I've always been a bit different. Like I've always been right to school. I was, you know, the geek that was in all the sports teams and the sports person that was in the elocution, the debate, and 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 those teams. I kind of stood out. In both areas, but <laughs> I don't know for what reason. Um, I kind of tried everything. I, I I like to try different stuff. Uh, it's probably because when growing up, my mom told me that I, there's nothing I couldn't do. I just took that literally <laughs> and I just went and tried everything. Um, I I don't know. I I I just feel like any experience that's out of the norm teaches you so much more about yourself and how much you don't know. Uh, and I think that learning is what I'm probably addicted to. So where do you find these experiences? In people that I speak to, uh, they'll often say, oh, I don't know what I want to do, or I'll talk to them about having a hobby and like, oh, what should I choose? So mm. you've obviously done a whole lot of different things. So how do you discover them? 
I just try them, I suppose. I, I mean, they, they, they come up. Like when I think about if I went back and thought about how I got into just say like the biggest, I think the biggest sideways shift, I suppose, was me being a software quality manager and then going and doing financial advising, uh, which is, you know, weird. Um, and <laughs> that, that is a big step, sideways. <laughs> yeah, sideways, big step, yeah. Um, so I got approached by uh, a guy that just took over the Deloitte's books. Actually, he had, he had the Deloitte's books for maybe uh, a few years and uh, they were based out in Newcastle. And as they were based out in Newcastle, they wanted to open a, 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 an office in Brisbane. I met him at a dinner and we chatted. He sent me a book, um, which was my first self-help book, I suppose, that I've ever read, which was called What I... What I what I didn't learn at school, but I wish I had. Um, and I don't know, I, I read that book and after a while he kind of, we caught up a couple of times and he said to me, I'd, I'd love you to, to run my Brisbane office. And I said, I don't even know what financial advising means. Um, and he's like, oh, that's, that's easy. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for your, you know, Kaplan um, certification, which is an RG146. And it was a one week course. I learned more about money in that one week than I, and I was surprised that no one in Australia, I mean, it's not part of the school curriculum. And um, yeah, that's how I started financial <laughs> advising. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I suppose the opportunities do come along. And then while I was a financial advisor, I realized that um, I wanted to be a chef. So I started on my own restaurant. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I think the opportunities come your way or you, you create them because um, something is not working. I believe the universe works in, in mysterious ways. Yeah. Okay, so as the universe works in mysterious ways, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you'll do these things and get great joy out of it. What are some of the moments that you've had the most joy or the most uh, uh, excitement or what's brought you pure pleasure in some of these times? I think um, <laughs> my brain's working again. Uh, I think that when I think about having an idea that used to be a drawing in a notebook and then having the presence of mind to appreciate it coming into fruition are probably the biggest ones that I treasure and I remember I remember exactly where I was when those things happened I also think that I love disruption but I love disruption by connecting a bunch of people that already believe in the disruption so I I wouldn't want to burn a house down as an example in like in a disruptive way, but I, I'd love, I love bringing a new concept to, um, to the masses, I suppose. And I think I get some, I get a lot of pleasure mm-hmm. out of being different maybe. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the first one definitely like, you know, having an idea and then seeing that idea become a thing, uh, is, is pretty cool. So, so tell me about the We Are podcast idea. So for those who don't know, it's the first podcasting conference that we have here in the Southern Hemisphere. It's, you've had two of them so far, is that correct? We've had two of them, yeah. This year's the third annual. So <laughs> tell me about that. How did that come about? That happened. Uh, so I met uh, a friend of mine, uh, Andrew Griffiths, uh, who at the time was a mentor ish he's still a mentor but we're more friends now than when i suppose he's you know um at the time i was just so happy to have a conversation with him and um we had breakfast together and 
he said to me, I was talking about podcasting, and he said, he said, why don't you put an event together? And I said, I, I've never actually done an event for two people before, <laughs> leave alone, you know, a conference. Yeah. And he said, well, if you feel so strongly about it, like, why don't you, you know, be the first to create on this side of, of, of the world? And, um, and um, I don't know, I, that, that thought stuck with me for a while. And, and somehow I moved things and I suddenly realized that I'd promised so many people so many things and I couldn't back out of it. <laughs> so, so that's how that happened. Right. Um, but I think that um, that year, 2015, in the build up to We Are Podcast, I, I, I probably had my biggest and two of my most you know, rememberable uh, fetal position moments where I, my brain just could not um, imagine the enormity of, of what I, I suppose, put myself through or decided to go through. And um, that was really interesting. I think that growth through that period was, was um, uh, something I'll never forget. Because <laughs> it wasn't just putting on the, the We Are Podcast conference either, was it? It was building a, uh, a social media base that supported that. Like you've got a very strong Facebook presence and, and um, from my understanding, Twitter and Instagram presence mm. that supports that to create that tribe, yeah? Yeah, but at the time, Warwick, I don't think I thought that far. Like I don't think that I thought about the social media stuff. I, I, I just knew that I the only thing I knew that would work was, you know, create a podcast for at least the speakers that were coming. Like that would um, allow people to understand who was actually coming to, um, to, to speak at the event. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I didn't really give social media much thought. Um, in fact, I didn't give a lot of things much thought at the time. <laughs> I was just kind of going in my head. My only, the only thing I was thinking about was all these brands gave me the, their trust, um, yeah. like uh, Keepers of Influence, Dent, uh, Antil, and and Blue Wire Media, and I don't know Gravity Coworking, and all these all these big brands that have they've been building for years gave me the the trust of their brand, which I had no track record. And I'm like, what if this fails? And what yeah. if no one shows up? I I okay, forget the money that I lose. That was not even a concern. Uh, it was a concern a bit, but it wasn't the main concern. The main concern was. I couldn't possibly recover if I if I mess this up uh, in terms of um, in terms of reputation. So um, that was probably the hardest. Right, and mm. that would have also been a very strong motivator for you to make sure that you got everything right, or at least got the right people to help you. Yeah. Well, yes, I I I feel like I tried whatever I could uh, to to do the things that I knew. Mm-hmm. The the bits that scared me the most was what did I not know because I had no experience in running an event. I had no experience. I didn't know what could possibly go wrong. And um, and at the time, I didn't necessarily have the budget to get an event manager or an event planner or any of those people to help me along the way. So it was a, it was um, as much Googling stuff and finding out plans and seeing what stuff needed to be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, than than anything else, right? So now that you're three years down the track with that, uh, mm. and so you've now got the experience, you probably know what can go wrong and may have experienced some of it, <laughs> yeah. uh, but also know what goes right. What are some of the things that you wish you knew earlier? I 
wish that um, I gave more importance to um, the sponsorship and the partnership side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, every, every person I spoke to who had run an event told me, like, you know, you got to go and get sponsors. That the people who are willing to give you money as a result of you putting that together. And I kept thinking, you know, distribution is more important. I wanted more people to get to the event rather than getting money mm-hmm. uh, that would come in. And I feel like if we did get money, we'd probably break even maybe uh, in year one. But we lost, um, I think we lost about at least 11, 12 grand in, the, in year one. Mm-hmm. Um, year two, we broke even. Uh, but I think that uh, the hardest thing to do in an event is to, is to go and ask people for money who, especially when you've not done it before, right? It's mm. one of those um, catch-22s. But I wish that I did that. I wish that I had a a, a backup plan. Like w- w- what happens if um, you do have a debt or you do have a shortfall of, you know, 10, 12 grand. Do you, I mean, I, would have cr- I should have created a backup plan as in like maybe uh, had a program that followed or something like that that could um, offset the, a, a loss if the loss happened to happen. Um, I, I, th- I don't think I gave it enough thoughts around the event, like what else could I create in terms of contingencies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think contingency is important. All right. Um, so, uh, your newest venture, Amplify, uh, which is all about um, converting the audio into a content marketing echo chamber, did that happen before the We Are podcast conference or has that come about as a result of it? As a result of it, um, I I was putting on a webinar for a bunch of people and I was trying to reverse engineer what I did with Bond Appetite and... Um, I was on a plane from uh, Brisbane to Melbourne and I was chalking all this out and I realized that to, you know, podcasts, being a podcaster and creating the podcast and recording it is only 20% of the effort. The 80% comes from marketing what you've done. And I, when I was creating this, this webinar, I was realizing that, wait a minute, the secret is not about, the secret is not to get the best podcast producer and the best editor and uh, you know the best mic for God's sake. It's it's actually about how to leverage this content that you've created. And everyone at the time was kind of going, "Oh, I'm, I'll become you know a, a podcast support system, like you know an audio editor and all that kind of stuff, and graphics and all this thing." And I went, "Wait a minute, I think I think we might be able to become an audio marketing agency where that we're actually proving ROI because." If if we're creating a podcast to get a return on investment, why wouldn't a business come on board? So I didn't have a name. I didn't have – I just kind of went uh, – in my head, I thought if I got my first 10 beta clients that bought the idea, then I'll kind of you know give it some thought um, as to creating a business around it. So by the end of May last year, uh, we had eight uh, beta clients. And then I went, oh, I, I think I should name this thing. And um, that's how Amplify was born. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's also the title of your recent book as well, yeah? Yes, it is, uh, it is the title of the book. It is also the seven-step method. So I actually broke the, 
you know the whole thing down into seven steps so a-m-p-l-i-f-y yeah, okay. breaks into seven steps um yeah all right great and so what's next for you <laughs> who knows uh, the, no one knows whatever the wind blows me but for now amplify and the we are podcast conference are the focus yeah absolutely i think um we're onto something huge with amplify we've experienced some crazy growth and we're now a team in eight different time zones um and uh, have some amazing clients and i i just think that we need to maintain and solidify what we've created in the market um uh, being the first i suppose it's also our job to innovate and take take the industry forward in some way so for the time being yes that's this is this is the focus. So with the 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 marketing of the audio content how is that different to marketing video content because from the, the a lot of the input that we're getting from the likes of Facebook and YouTube whatever video is king lots of short bursts of video it does it does that differ at all? Yeah drastically I think that uh, the biggest advantage of audio is that you can have longer pieces of content like when you think about someone consuming audio they're doing other things while they're consuming it every other piece of content you need to stop what you're doing to consume it mm. which allows someone to be engaged with your brand for a lot longer um and we already have conversations in business every conversion that ever happens in a business happens in a conversation we're already having these conversations that have gold already in it um we just need to take that and and reverse engineer that gold to create you know whatever it might be whether it's a, even if it's a billboard it it lies in a conversation it doesn't lie in someone giving you um a form to fill up to tell tell the marketing agency why you're different right um it it all it all happens in conversation it all happens in audio that we've been having these conversations since we were kids like it's the it's the best form of creating engagement so while someone might have video and you can get someone's attention um through video I believe that the best way to take that video attention to get engagement and trust is through audio. Okay. So what's what's going to be the next sort of trend for podcasting in your opinion? Because podcasting has grown a lot uh, mm-hmm. and there's podcasts out there of a variety of different lengths. Some will go for over an hour. Some are only five to ten minutes. Yep. So what do you think for someone who's trying to do a, a, a good business podcast, what do you think are the key things that they need to to focus on? I believe concept is so important. I feel like uh, we come up with uh, podcast ideas without, I mean, it's the first thought that comes up. Like, I, I have this business, let me create this podcast. And I feel there's so much more that every individual is standing on. The value that they're standing on, they're not appreciating. And, and it's about uncovering that value to create a concept that no one else has created, to create a tribe that no one else uh, has. So I feel that the concept is the first thing. I feel like people worry about the mic and the technology more. And I understand that because um, that was my first concern as well. I feel like creating a, a, a product ecosystem in which uh, you take someone on a journey where you solve their problems. You genuinely find out what their problems are and solve it in some way through the podcast or, or remove some of the obstacles that they're having as a result of having the podcast or these problems that they're facing uh, is very beneficial. Um, in terms of where the medium is going, I feel like when you think about uh, 
images and how we started to interact with images. We go for dinner or we go someplace and we take selfies and we take pictures of our food and we interact with images. I feel we've not even started to interact with audio yet. Um, That's a thing. And I feel like uh, while you can search um, and search within you can't search within video yet, uh, but because of the SEO tags and all that kind of stuff, stuff you have a separate, you know, Google tab for 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 video. I think that's going to happen with audio, and you'll be able to search within audio. And this this is all these. We've not even touched the tip of the iceberg when it comes to audio. I mean, it's still probably one of the 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 less developed mediums, but has got such high engagement. So there's so much so much we can do with it. Fantastic. Uh, Rosalie, thank you so much for your time today. Before we finish up, just one final question for you. Yep. You obviously have a lot of stuff on. You're very busy. You've got great ideas. What do you do to relax? What are your hobbies? What, <laughs> how, do you, how do you chill out? And you can't say, oh, work is my hobby and that's how I relax. No. Uh, what are some of the things that you do? Because I'm sure people listening are thinking, man, this dude does so much stuff. How, does he take time to chill out? So I'm just wondering, what is it that you do to chill? Um. I uh, I have a very good drug dealer. No, I'm joking. I <laughs> I um, <laughs> I see. There, there are times that I feel like I'm not giving it my all, and I will take three days off, and I'll get an Airbnb somewhere on the water, and I'll just lock myself in there. And and and, and uh, silence is probably the best thing for me. Um, I do climb. Uh, rock climbing is uh, probably some. I'm probably happiest when I'm on a, on the wall. Um, other than that, I'd love to get back into my running because I still lose track of time and space when I used to run, but I haven't run in a long time. Mm. Um, but those are the things I love. I love. I love really deep, good conversation where we challenge stuff, and I think that for me as well is a is a good reboot. Fantastic. Again, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to find out more about Amplify or the 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 conference, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, uh, mustamplify.com is uh, the agency and wearepodcast.com is um, the website. But, you know, mate, Facebook, I, um, I'm pretty friendly uh, and social. So, uh, facebook.com slash Ronsley, uh, you'll find me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, buddy. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. Uh, we look forward to having your company again next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success.